podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Brutal Nation. This is part two of Lake and Ing. You're not going to introduce us? I'm doing that right now. Okay. Hold your horses, Tam Tam. Hold your horses. I'm holding. This is a podcast dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. My name is Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Tammy Underwood. Now you can say hi, Tam Tam. You feel better about yourself now? Hi, everybody. Yo, look, like my mom. Hi, I love you too. (laughs) That's what she looked like, dude. It was disturbing. That is awesome. (laughs) Just saying, disturbing. Wait till you see her and I hand in hand. We're singing, secret lovers. Look, November's coming up. If you get an invite from her, just decline it. Well, that's a sausage fest, yes. isn't it? Wait till I take her to my sausage fest. You know what? I shouldn't even... You know what? I don't know why I say shit like this to you, but I'm about ready to tell you something. She has a shirt, a long sleeve t-shirt that says sausage fest or something like that, and it's like a cartoon sausage on it. She was wearing that the other day. And I was like, dude, you can't wear that if Scott ever comes over. I'm oh, yes, she can. It. That is awesome. I'm hiding it. I'm hiding it. I'm hiding it. Well, she won't need that. She has a Catwoman outfit, so we're good. No, she doesn't, and she never will. <laughs> oh, she will. <laughs> Meow. You forget that my mom is innocent. Not yet, not, well, she won't be for long. So uh, anyway, we're going to do part two of Lake and Ing. I'm excited to kind of see how this thing wraps up. How this up. one wraps up, huh? Because these two are just Dude. fucked up. Uh, honestly, well, well, I know that, that, that Leonard Lake had to die like he killed himself. I wish he would have lived a little bit longer because I think his confessions would have been or at least recorded combos with him would have well, been his, epic. When you look at his, the videotape of him, like laying out his plans for um, post nuclear war domination, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Sweet. Is he's just weird. I mean, because didn't we have another one that had. You didn't have to tell me it was weird. We just now talked about a hidden bunker, multiple I know, rooms. but didn't we have another one that had kind of a bunker, too, where they? it was one that you featured? Oh, oh, no. I, I think you're thinking of the butcher baker. He yeah. had the cabin. Okay, he yeah. he flew his victims uh, on his brush plane yeah. um, to his hunting cabin where yeah. he hunt them. Because it was just like, whoa, dude. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I already knew these guys were weird. All yeah. right. So, Anyways. Yeah, because if, if they weren't a, cu- a pair, they'd totally be out on a Friday. Oh, totally. You said if it was just Aang by himself or Lake by himself, that would have been a Friday. For oh, 100%. Realsies. Okay, so to, to kind of recap a little bit, these two guys were uh, caught shoplifting. One guy ran off. The other guy went to the police department to get questioned. Didn't like where the questioning was going, so he took a cyanide pill. There you have it. He committed suicide that way. He said, adios, bitch, nachos. He did say, adios, bitch, nachos. So when the police went to go search the property, uh, they uncovered a shit ton of shit. <laughs> yep. That's my famous line when it's a lot of stuff. A shit ton of shit. And Ng is on the run. And they don't know where he's at at that point. Wait, okay? Does that mean he's run Ng? <laughs> he's run Ng. Ng is running. He was kill Ng. <laughs> now he's run Ng. <laughs> You are going to alienate so many people. It sounds like you know what the thing is. I know why we keep getting new listenership because they like to hear me because I'm the one that tells you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) I didn't name the the dude Cheetah with the last name of Ing. I'm pretty sure it's a family name. He's Cheetah Ing. (laughs) He's cheating. (laughs) Now you got me doing it. Thanks a lot. Anyways, so 
boils down to it, you know, that's where it is with. And then, you know, because and then Ng had a really good upbringing, very um, affluent, well-to-do parents. His dad did everything he could to give him a good life. Lake, on the other hand, did not, you know. So that's where I'm at. Now it all comes down to theft, doesn't it? Well, it does because the poor guys just need a vice. We already talked that um, shop had a broken vice in it. Yeah. And what do they need it for? To chop up bodies. Assuming. You're, you're, you're presuming that. Maybe they, they didn't found chop. dismembered bones. But maybe, maybe, maybe they needed the vice because they were working on a motor. And okay. the vi- they already broke the, the killing vice. This is, maybe that wasn't a killing vice. Maybe that was a working on motors by, uh, vice or... I don't know. Everybody's got a vice, Scott. They do. That <laughs> is true. And theirs got uh, taken by the cops, so they're <laughs> fucked. There you go. Okay, no, I said that because when all is said and done, Charles Ng only managed to elude the authorities in their nationwide manhunt for a total of 34 days. On July 6th of 1985, he was in a, in a Hudson Bay store up in Calgary, when two security guards witnessed him trying to exit the grocery store, exit with several grocery items he had put in his backpack without paying for him. When they approached him, he pulled out a gun, threatened them. The encounter led to a scuffle, which resulted in one of the guards getting shot in the hand. They were eventually able to subduing, <laughs> subduing. I think you're going to say Suzuki-ing. No, oh, damn. I was getting Racist. tongue-tied. No, because I was starting to think like you, and it scared me. <laughs> Then take him into custody. They took him to the Calgary Metropolitan Police Station and charged him with robbery, attempted robbery, possession of firearm, and attempted murder. Now, as he's facing these charges, Calaveras Task Force <laughs> learned he was arrested up in Calgary. And there would be actually no cause for celebration. Want to know why? Do you know why? Well, can I interject something about Calgary? What? What a stupid place to steal from if you're Asian. Because my ex-wife lives in Calgary. So I've been up to Calgary what a lot. What a stupid place to steal from if you're anything but white. I was going to say, when you're up in Calgary, you have East Indians, okay? And that's fine. They're, they're kind of a limited population. There's like four black people in the whole country. And, uh, and, when, and, and when, is that because it's like mandatory? I, I'm pretty sure it is. Like, and when, uh, there's between four and six, and when one like passes on, they just import another one. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, they have to have that racial diversity, right? Exactly. But you know what you see when you go into Calgary? A sea of white. <sighs> so if you're a white dude and you're stealing, hey, 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 it was a white guy, and he was like five foot ten and had blonde hair. They're gonna be like, "Well, okay, you just is described it that guy over there, eh? You just, eh, you just described all of Canada, eh? I don't know what's wrong with you. Is there a bet? Like, what kind of shoes was he wearing? You know, we eh? just picked up another Canadian market. You are alienating all of our listeners but right it's now. True, our Canadian listeners. If I'm wrong, then please send an email on this. But if you're black or like Asian. Pretty limited population. They be, hey, it's an Asian dude. He wears like uh, green Nike, Nikes and a uh, a pullover that says Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, that's easy. That's Ng. That's no no problem. No, we know exactly where he lives. No problem. We'll go pick him up. Yeah, we'll go over there right now. It's just like being a black guy. If you're a black guy and you commit a crime there, and be like, that's Leroy, man. No, we know we know him. That's cool. Yeah. No, I I understand what you're saying. I mean, if you're if you're gonna shoplift, dude, go back to Hong Kong, and not because I want you in your own country, but you know, I'm not killing people here, being kind of nice. But you blend in. You will blend in. Yeah. The, what do you look like? He looked hella Asian. Oh, thanks. That's a great. That's a great uh, descriptor <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. I'm just gonna go over here well, now. Yeah, cause, and I only understand what you're talking about because the town I grew up in, Iowa, 
Um, we literally only had one African American family in our town, and the the sons went to our school. One of them was in my grade. One was two grades above me. And it's like he, one of Al said he was so sweet, so nice. Al said, "If you're listening, I loved you in school. Adore you now." Um, he would, I mean, he would just make jokes. He goes, you know what? Cause he'd pick up, we'd get like, you know, black books and stuff and for reading in, you know, English class. He goes, I am not black. This is black. <laughs> I am not black. And you know, so he just like tried to make a joke of it and everything. And I didn't understand until I got older why he was doing that, you know, because he stood out and he knew he stood out. Yeah. Now think about it. Think, think about this in, in, in your area. If, if a white kid went and robbed a liquor store. Oh Yeah. That's okay. like every kid who goes to school there. Now, imagine if your buddy Al went and said, I'm robbing this store. Yeah. You know, he's getting caught like Yeah, two it's either seconds. him or his brother that did it. And yeah. yeah. Cops are going to, that, that, that's not even an investigation. No. no, we know where to go. It's cool. No. And Al said was like one of the best kids ever. He wouldn't get in trouble with us or nothing. He was, I was like, dude. Wait a minute, with us? Like the white people? <laughs> yeah. Well, you he have wouldn't a K- do nothing. Did you have a KKK rally? No, I meant a group you of friends. Racist. I meant a group of friends. Too, too late, too late. You, you know what? No, you just yourself. took it somewhere that it didn't need to go. Whatever. <laughs> Freaking a little David Duke action Anywho, going on over there or something. So anyways, their cause for celebration was not there. Because they were quickly reminded that in accordance with the 1976 extradition treaty between Canada and the United States, the Canadian justice minister at the time refused to request the request for Ng's extradition back to California. And all the re- although the reason for this looks simple on paper, it still doesn't help those who are seeking justice for their loved ones here in the United States. Because Canada abolished their capital punishment, they will not release any prisoner who is charged with a capital crime to another state or country that carries the death penalty. Hmm. It seems to me, and I may be wrong here, but perhaps the guy who's not intelligent enough to get away with a simple shoplifting perhaps managed to be smart enough to get away with murder. Now I know that I've got options. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, can't get away with stealing shit. But, you know. So, still trying to recover from the shock of this news, San Francisco sent two detectives to Calgary in order to interview Ng. The statement he gave them implied that Lake alone was responsible for the majority of the murders at the compound. However, he did say that he helped dispose of Paul Causer's body. And which is ironic, you'll find out later. After the interview, the Justice Department here again tried to have him extradited, and again, their request was denied. Especially since they themselves were getting ready to try him for the crimes he committed there on Canadian soil. He would wind up being convicted of the charges and sentenced to serve four and a half years in a Canadian prison. And since United States authorities knew where he was and would be for the next four and a half years, they knew they had a little bit of time. So as soon as they knew he was sentenced, the U.S. Justice Department started the long, arduous task, arduous battle to extradite Ng back here to be held accountable for everything he had done in California. This is a battle that would last nearly six years. Six years that Ng would spend studying and becoming very familiar with American laws. At some point during all of the extradition proceedings, it was discovered that Ng drew multiple cartoons depicting details of the killings at the compound. And according to the U.S. attorneys on the case, these were details of the killings that only someone who had been there and who was intimately aware of them would be able to, would be able to attempt to reproduce. Okay? So, that so he was being a cartoonist. Said, I wonder if, he's, if he did him in like anime style. 
before. No, they are school. actually very crude looking cartoons. Because you, you know, I'm thinking he's from Hong Kong. Maybe a little bit of anime. He's got Transformers that's in the background. That's more Japanese. Whichever. Close enough. Not all Asians are the same, Scott. They all love you a long time. Or they kill you a long time. Or you they make done. you the sushi. You are done. Or they eat you. Okay. Cat. You know that bothers me. <laughs> but the eating of the cat? No. Dumbass. <laughs> so, now, some are wondering if the process was well worth the cost. And I'll explain what I mean by that. After what seemed to be endless court hearings and several dozens of appeals, the Canadian government finally conceded to California's request and allowed them to extradite Ng back on September 26, 1991. They did not have to take the death penalty off the table. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I was afraid that's what they would have to do. No. A mere minutes after he was released from Canada, federal authorities threw him, flew, not threw, flew him to him? McClellan Air Force Base. I said flew. I can help him build the catapult. <laughs> Shut up. Where are You know, I'm, I'm upset with myself for giving you the specs. <laughs> Air Force Base, whereupon he was transported to Folsom Prison, where he would remain until his trial. That's when the judicial system in California would learn the lengths this man would go to and attempt to beat his murder charges. His case would end up being one, of the, one for the record books, as it was... As it was... Most it was the most costly and drawn out criminal court proceedings in U.S. criminal history, and I'll get into it in a minute what that meant. It would even outshine the other infamous case in California that broke criminal history records, which was I know this when my mouth was full of food, but I can't remember because we featured them. O.J. Simpson. Oh, don't. Oh, Duh. I thought I thought it was another. Oh, no. Ng and his posse of attorneys would use every point of law they could find in an effort to delay the inevitable trial to be held against him. Here's what the California courts had to deal with when it came to Ng and his attorneys. Are you ready for this? Killing and running. No, and... you're going to be pissed. Okay. Due to the location where the crime was committed, the trial was to be held in San Andreas. Okay? Fair enough, yeah. Which is the county seat for Calaveras County. <laughs> However, Ng would consistently file actions against the state. His formal complaints would include such matters as alleged poor treatment and being served bad food. Now, first I have to say, I have news. For, I, I don't use sugar tits here. I go, I have news for you, numbnuts. <laughs> if you're listening or reading this, jail and prison food isn't supposed to be five-star quality. You're in jail, not the fucking rich. So say, well, what does he want? Like a bottle out of my he private reserve? Complained, no, he complained that his Cheetos were too soft. Okay, California, do me a favor. Just go kick him square in the nuts. Yeah, several nuts, times. You're in prison. What a the food moron. in prison is meant to sustain you calorie wise, not to please you taste wise. Yeah, they're not serving you flame and yawn there yet. No, moron. Dude, none. I'm just telling you. I was when I read that, I was like, motherfucker, how dare he? The juice is watered down too. But did they see me complain when I was in jail? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay. He also claimed that he was forced to take motion sickness medication against his will for the 50-mile trip from the prison to the courthouse. His claim stated that this medication made him so drowsy he was unable to take part in his pretrial hearings. Then he would be granted further delays when he dismissed his attorney several times, once he even filed a malpractice suit against them for a million dollars, stating his reason for doing so was their incompetence. At one point, he even filed a motion for his right to represent himself in the proceedings, only to withdraw that request later. Okay? Now, his attorneys weren't much better. 
They would enter motion for a change of venue, stating that the ritual, that the trial should be held in Orange County because they did not feel he would ever receive a fair trial in San Andreas, which they're probably right. Right. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because to support their motion, they did present an independent survey that that they claim supported their motion. And according to the survey that was given to residents of Calaveras County at the time, 95% of them already considered him guilty. Well, I, I know, wonder why, because right? you are, dude. Yeah, <laughs> this motion, as well as others, were presented to the California Supreme Court a minimum of five times, and it took them that many attempts to finally get a judge in San Andreas to grant the motion on April eighth of nineteen ninety four, which ordered the trial to be moved to Santa Ana, the county seat of or- the Orange County seat. However, <laughs> Orange County objected to that. So there were more delays. Their objection was due to the fact that the the county itself was nearly bankrupt. And already, and they weren't able to cover the cost of the trial of that magnitude. So the state of California stepped up and said, you know what? Let's resolve this here and now. Neither county has to pay for it. The state will cover all charges. Good. Okay? Yeah. So that eliminates that. Okay? So now that the defense obtained their change of venue and the state of California agreed to cover any costs that the trial would incur, one would think they would have moved forward with, the, with it to try him already, right? Right. Yeah, well, if you thought this, you'd be wrong. I was oh, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. There were more legal battles, battles that would ensue, which would take several more years to years Hold to on, hold out. on. Let me guess. His applesauce wasn't applesaucy enough? <laughs> I don't know. He changed his attorneys so one of them was um, he changed his attorneys again so the new new attorneys requested further continuances so that they could have time to prepare for the case. You know what? They're public defenders. They just walk in at the last minute, anyways, right? Exactly. I mean, uh, that's what we've I was already thought. discussed this. But it's a, it's a capital case, so I mean, yeah, that's true. There's a big difference between you know, like crime of like uh, stealing or domestic. No, you're right. Because like in that, capital so. murder case in Washington County several years ago, um, I read somewhere that they actually got some of the higher paid attorneys from for, from Portland area to represent them. No, it makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. nobody in the Washington County area knew how to fuck to deal with it. Well, yeah, it's it, it's technical, so, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of laws. A person's life is on the line. Yeah, true. And if if they did it, you still want to give them a good defense. And, right, and so that's a fair defense so that, you so know, you can fair. execute them quickly. But if they didn't do it, right? do you really want somebody to die who didn't do it? You know? That's true, because we've had that too. Yeah, and I, I know that I wouldn't want to be on that end of the battle where I'm right. sitting there going, dude, I literally, I didn't kill this motherfucker. And they're like, um, we think you did because you're in Vancouver and you're the suspect. <laughs> Even though, you know, we have it you're on a, tape that, know. you know, that it's a black guy who's dude, six Dude, you totally seven. fit that description. I don't know what to tell you. Fuck. I, you don't see what we see, but we see it. Power to the brothers. That's why I'm, that's why I'm hip to the two-pack. Oh, my God. Shut cents. up about that. You know what? It wouldn't bother me so much if you did the 50 cents and the little Wayne, but you know Tupac is near and dear. <laughs> I know. That's why I used to He two-pack. is like my heart. <laughs> um, then there was one occasion during these numerous proceedings when Ng was considered to be highly dangerous, so he's placed in a small cage of some sort between his appearances. A federal magistrate actually stepped in and said the use of such housing was considered barbarous, so it was removed. Okay. The dude is dangerous. Jesus Christ. No shit, yo. He's escaped from freaking military jail. He's done all this shit. He fucking evaded you and went to Canada where he probably knew he wouldn't be extradited right away. Okay, so all in all, this case, which already consisted of many motions and continuances and a change of venue and a change in legal counsel that took place before the jury was even selected and the actual trial commenced, 
Ng would stand before six separate judges for a criminal case that amassed over six tons. Remember I said a shit ton of shit? Six tons of evidence, as well as other legal documents, had already accrued a cost of, that was fast approaching $10 million. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah, it's out. it ain't over yet, buddy. But wait, it, there's more. Yeah. If you want my humble opinion, and I usually wait to give them, this sadistic jackass was doing everything he could to put off the inevitable. I think he, everything he did to delay the actual proceedings was done because he was a scared little man who was in a situation that daddy couldn't buy him out of. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I just, I was, I was so angry I put in my thought right there. <laughs> yeah. Finally, after 13 years, Scott, long years, Jeez. that the families of the victims were held in limbo. In October of 1998, his child, Cheetah Ng's trial began. Over the next several months, everyone in the courtroom who came to watch the proceedings, as well as the families, friends of the victims, and quite possibly even the defendant, Maybe he had family and friends, too. Who knows? Not to mention the media and the jury heard the prosecutor, Charlene, present her case. She would tell how Lake and Ng would carefully choose the victims. They would kidnap before they took them all at various times to the compound. Once they had them on the property or in the dungeon, they would systematically rape, torture, and murder them. The evidence she submitted to support her case included the video footage that was discovered during the search of the property, um, which de- clearly depicted Ng and Lake torturing and abusing Kathy and Brenda. She also entered into evidence all the stolen property, the photographs that were taken by the defendant and the deceased accomplice, which linked them both to all of the victims, and the evidence of Lake's diary excerpts, as well as portions of Lake's military records, were ruled inadmissible on the grounds that it held no relevance to the case at hand. Now, then it's the defense's turn. They held to the claim that Ng was simply an unwilling accomplice. And Lake was, in fact, the dangerous perpetrator that was responsible for the actual murders. They argued that Ng Ng only participated in a few of the sexual assaults. And towards the end of the trial, Ng went against the advice of attorneys and insisted that he be allowed to take the stand. (laughs) This would end up being the most damaging to his case. You think? And as it... As says it opened up the opportunity for the prosecution to submit further evidence, evidence against him that they couldn't unless he did testify. And in this evidence was a photograph of Ng's prisoner jail cell, which clearly showed the cartoons that he had drawn, displayed on the wall behind him. And these cartoons were next to a, wad, a motto he had written on the same wall that said, no kill, no thrill, no gun, no fun. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. Oh, this guy's a genius. I know. Hey, Realizing. Dude, you know, hey, you're a fucking genius. You're yeah, a peach, buddy. Dude, you, you're a dumbass. Realizing that his client had damaged his case by taking the stand, Ng's appoint, court-appointed attorney made a last-ditch effort when he attempted to call Clara Lynn to the stand in an effort to provide testimony supporting his client. He was rolling the dice considering the state had already granted her immunity <laughs> in regards to this case. So when the judge advised him that she had already made statements that implicated his client, he changed his mind. <laughs> when all the testimony had been heard, the evidence entered and the closing arguments given, the trial had taken eight long, agonizing months. But the jury had finally broken for deliberation. However, they wouldn't take nearly as long to return their verdict since they were back in the courtroom within a matter of hours. Still not the 4.5 minutes, but hours. 4.5 minutes is still our record. Dude, that is our record with Dyer last week. Yeah. Dude, she was awesome. So that's all the time they needed to return a guilty verdict in 11 counts of murder. One count had been dismissed prior to the trial on the grounds of insufficient evidence. 
Coincidentally, it was Paul Causer who he said he was only involved in that one. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I was only involved with the, with dismembering and disposing of Paul Cosner, but that's the one you don't have enough evidence on me on. Jesus. Basically, Christ. you know. <laughs> so since they didn't want to jeopardize the rest of the case, they chose to let that one go. Understandable. So the guilty verdict delivered by the jury left the judge with two options when it came to sentencing. He could either go with the jury's recommendations and impose a death penalty or he could forgo that and impose a sentence of life without the possibility of parole. Needless to say, and without any hesitation, he passed down the death penalty as Ng sat emotionless, listening to what the victim's family and the judge had to say. Despite his multiple attempts to delay the trial and his last-ditch effort to fire his attorneys again prior to sentencing, and his lame attempt to declare a mistrial because he actually called a jury member at home on their, on, on, at their home from his prison cell. Aang had finally been, account- been held accountable for the atrocities he had committed. It took 14 years and accrued costs in excess of $14 million, which earned it, it the distinction of being the longest and costliest criminal prosecution in California state history. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, dude, he put OJ to shame. And he couldn't even get a decent meal. I mean... Dude, his Cheetos were fucking soft. That's just, that that's just fucked sad. up. Yeah, no They kidding. should go buy him a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. Dude, okay, so I have final thoughts and opinions, of course. Of course. So, in accordance with the U.S. state laws, United States laws, Ng has legal right to appeal his sentence. Considering everything he tried prior to the initial trial to delay the inevitable, it shouldn't shock you to find out that he and his attorneys have already filed their initial appeals against the state, against the state for supposed harshness of the imposed sentence. Oh, okay, I'm shocked. This is what I don't get. The sentence is harsh. He got the death penalty for killing people. <laughs> yeah. What is harsh about that? Oh, my God. I mean, that's awesome. Let's, let's think about this, people. He killed somebody, yet that wasn't harsh. You know? Yeah. And the that's what I don't understand. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with the appeals process alone, it is estimated to take anywhere from an additional six to 15 years and rack up at least another $6 million. So that will take this case well over $20 million in the end. <laughs> Damn. I want that money. <laughs> I want him to just take a cyanide pill and cut that no, no, shit out. Why? Why didn't he? Yeah, no kidding. Because he's a pussy. Yeah. Man up, dude. Yeah. Pop a cyanide. I have. Or, or this, Ing, if you're listening, hang yourself. Dude, no shit, yo. Get yeah. Scott Peterson to help you. You guys can both do it. Yeah, exactly. You're probably in cells right next to each other, stupid. See? You guys can Sick team up. You use, use the buddy system. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you use can the buddy each help system. each other tie it, kick each other's stool. <laughs> I bet you somebody's pounding this. Dude, stool, I cannot. I cannot stand Scott Peterson. No, that's a whole different case, right there, man. So yeah, so I have more thoughts, of course. But before I continue, I want to hear your thoughts now. Nature or nurture, buddy? Nature or nurture? When it comes to Ing and Lake, Lake one hundred percent nurture. Okay. He, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. Maybe a little bit of nature, but I'm thinking mostly nurture because you know you're getting passed around, and by doing that, yeah. you lose your identity. And it's easy to, we talked about this before when it comes to marketing uh, the shows. Yeah. Is that everybody wants to feel like they belong to something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's going to play into uh, an episode that I'm going to do on Thursday. But, oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. But I think being a survivalist, it helped him belong to a very elite group of people. Yes. That are survivalists. Then they are a very tight-knit group of people. And when you got that, and then you have kind of a a moral compass that's pretty skewed. Pretty skewed, yes. Yeah, pretty skewed. Uh, I can see why he did it. 
mm-hmm. you know, because uh, different situation for everybody, right? Yeah. With uh, with the mighty Cheetah Ing. You're going to be stuck on that for a long time, right? Dude. Okay, so that's another thing. I'm about stuck this on unicorn goat. Yeah, no, but you're okay? also going to be stuck on that Cheetah Ing. Yeah, the Cheetah Ing. <laughs> yeah. He no love you a long time. No. But I think that's nature, man. I think the kid was just a fucking dick. He's probably got he probably got everything he wanted as a kid. So it's probably maybe even a combination of he's entitled. Right. And that that's kind of evident when you talk about the trolley's just sitting there emotionless, you know. Oh yeah. And trying to do all this bullshit like, hey, I deserve all this shit. Like you shouldn't kill me even though I killed people. Right. That type of shit. So that's maybe it's a combination of. Exactly. No, I agree with you. I agree with you right there. Um I said with Ng, I believe that it's a classic case of nature. From what I could ascertain from my research, when he started exhibiting signs of early rebellion and disregard for any and all laws that pertain to everyone, his father did try to get him out. Okay, Okay. fair enough. Granted, there may be little nurture involved, as some of my research did indicate that his father may have bought his son's way out of some of the trouble. You know, so that kind of adds to his sense of entitlement. Right, that's what I was saying. He needs a patent leather shoe in his ass. Regardless, he had the opportunities and resources available to him, and I believe it was his nature to reject it. He even told a reporter in an interview that since Lake committed suicide and wasn't there for the courts to punish, he was going to have to be their sacrificial lamb. Oh, my God. Is he for real? Oh, oh, Ing, Ing, I got a little tear in my eye for you, buddy. I know, That's right, you poor thing. You can't prosecute the real guy, so you'll come after me, I know. fucking break. You're a goddamn moron. Hang yourself, you peckerhead. I, I just, he disgusted me. You and Homolka both are sugar say, tits. He, he reminds me of how Homolka affected you. That's fucking, how this guy affects me. Homolka still pisses me off, Yeah, man. this guy pisses me off, Fucking too. dumbass Well, and I think twat. a lot of it is because I was raised in an Asian family. They are a very proud culture. They don't go around doing shit like this. And ninjas. On a normal basis. Most of them are ninjas. They are. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like they are very grateful for what they have. They earn it. They work hard for it. And for him to do this pissed me the fuck off. No, it's you know. Yeah. So with Lake, after finding out that he was virtually <coughs> rejected by his parents from the moment he was born, I attributed his motivations to nurture. Even though his grandparents eventually brought him to live with them, he had already spent at least the first five years of his life being passed around from house to house and relative to relative. Studies have proven that stability is important at that age. No, that's true. Okay. Yeah. I would even venture to say that there were probably many times when he never knew where he would be sleeping on any given night, how long he would be at any given location, and this would make it difficult for him to bond with anybody or make friends. And that attributes to why he became a survivalist. If you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, where you're going to sleep, what do you do? You learn to become self-sufficient. Yeah. So that way there you control the environment. Right, exactly. And that probably attributes to uh, uh, the reason why they were killing people because it's, it's control. Right. You yeah. know, you, you go from having no control to wanting and exactly. demanding full control over even somebody's life. Exactly. So. I mean, and that's true. And I, I don't think the military did him any service, but I have to remember it was during the Vietnam War when they just said, oh, you're fine. Get back out on the battlefield. It's <laughs> just a flesh wound. I'm missing an yeah, arm. Yeah, go back out there. You're having a mental breakdown. Just go out and, you know, do it again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, obviously, so I don't, you know, like I said, I believe the military fucked up, too. But that was during the Vietnam War when they didn't know what was going on with people. You know what I mean? So, you kind of have to, like, think of it in that era, too. 
Um, which we've said a lot on this show. I'm wondering <laughs> if you got a decent bag era. of Cheetos. Shut up. <laughs> is Cheetah eating Cheetos? <laughs> yeah, is it, is it, he's the, he is the Chester Cheetah. <laughs> That's Chester Cheetah right there. <laughs> Chester Cheetah. I'm trying to finish. So that being said, I did read somewhere that even if they had each individually may have been capable of such violent tendencies, it wasn't until they were together as a pair, not in a sexual way, that they acted on this part of their psyche. I read that they were able to feed off of each other or fuel each other's desires. That's, that's part of the, the belonging right. to something. Yeah. Giving being accepted. Each, yeah. They gave each other the confidence they needed to carry out their sick sadosexual desires that need within them to inflict as much pain as possible on their victim before just taking their life, almost as if they needed the approval or encouragement or the cheerleading section to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. That's yeah. part of, like I said, that, that's, that's yeah. part of wanting to feel like you're part of something. Exactly. And now you have a partner in crime that's like, yeah, that's a great fucking idea. Yeah, or let's do it this way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now my questions. Lay them on me. Now, do you believe that they needed each other to kill their victims, or do you think it just added to that thrill for them to do their crimes in front of a spectator, so to speak? I'm like, I'm thinking, look, basically, do you think they would have killed on their own, or do you think they needed each other to do it? I think they probably needed each other to do okay. it. I think on their own, I think that Lake would have just been a survivalist, like just one of those mountain men nut right. jobs, you know, who sit there. But he and- did kill his brother prior, but I think. There was a different reason behind I can't that. blame him for that. I want to kill my brother half the time. Me too. You know? And we've talked about that before, too. <laughs> no, and we have to remember, too, that um, Ng did shoot that radio disc jockey, but he shot him. He didn't, like, torture him or right. anything else. So, you know, there's a difference. Right. We're talking two different kinds of killing. So I think the, to together... Is what made them. Is what made it. Made this, yeah. They need somebody to encourage them so they feel part of a group. Okay. So then what about Clara Lynn? Lake's wife or ex-wife or whatever she is. Do you think that she was more involved in what was implied and that she should have been faced on charges too instead of giving immunity? Yes. Because she went up there and removed, even though she said it's just sex tapes. She knew there was something up there. Yeah, she knew there there was something up there. And granted, she apparently... Clara, you're a kinky honey. That's fucking awesome with the well, tapes. And she obviously ass. knew something had happened with this, um, the gunner guy. Right. Because she, she knew. knew who he was. Yeah. And now he was gone and Lake was assuming his identity. And think about where you would keep sex tapes. Let's say that you go. Oh, yeah, they're in the bedroom. You make Godzilla sex tapes. You know, you're not running them out to your fucking cabin up in the woods, right? You're keeping them. In your bedroom. In your bedroom. And, you know, where, where, where they're safe. Even. Hermolka and Bernardo, when they made yeah. their sex tapes. It was on the nightstand when they came to take her sister to the hospital. Remember I showed you that picture? Right. Yeah. It, it was right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when Hermolka and Bernardo got into that fight and then the call, cops were called and she ran back in. Oh, yeah. To get she had to grab that tape. tape. Grab the tapes. They're there. They're, they're on site. They're mm-hmm. not like ferreting them away anywhere right. like, hey, let's hide them over here. They're keeping them right there. Yeah, so she knew what was going on at the property. Fuck yeah. Yeah, because they were at the property. She knew what was going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that statement right there. Um, What kind of depravity or what possible motivation was there for Lake to either murder or participate in the murder of his own brother and his best man? That's what I don't understand. The best man I don't uh, understand, but the brother, maybe his brother was just like mine, just a dick. Just an asshole. 
That's possible. Yeah, I mean... Or maybe his brother knew what he was doing and was going to turn him in. Or, or maybe the brother wasn't passed around and kind of rubbed it in his face all the time. Oh, that could have been too. That could have been too. Because I told you what me and my cousin said to each other one time. Yeah, you know, fucking breaking point there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. Everybody's got a breaking point. We talked about that. Yeah, that's true. I need an energy drink. Knowing that he was capable of this, do you think that it was only a matter of time before maybe he would have killed Ng as well? No. Okay. No. Why? He needs that, that, that. That's his cheer section. Oh, okay. Yeah. They fed off each other. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know, one is sitting there going, two, four, six, eight. You can watch me kill and masturbate. <laughs> God. Sometimes you make me hate you. <laughs> okay. So. What was the point in Ng's many attempts to continue to delay his trial? Was it because he pretty much figured it how it would end and he wanted to put off hearing the guilty verdict and the death sentence because despite the bravery he managed to display while torturing, raping, and killing his victims, deep down he was just a cowardly little man who couldn't handle facing the consequences? Nope. So what was it? I got him pegged. Okay. He thinks he's still better than everybody else, and he's okay, going to outsmart yeah. everybody. He, he's going to try everything in the world, and by him even getting him to put it off or change venues, he's probably going to see how good I am at this. I'm smarter than all the attorneys and the judges yeah, and the But then I'll get up on the stand and but, incriminate myself even more. Because he's that stupid. Yeah. Well, have, he have, probably thought he could get talk his way out of it. Have you ever met somebody who was a fucking moron, and then they think that they know everything, and you're looking at him, and you hear him talk, and you're like... I want to fucking club you because you have the IQ of a potato. Many times. Yeah. Many, many, many times. Don't look at me like that. I'm not looking at you specifically (laughs) because it's you, but no, many times. Yeah, you know, it's probably one of those people. I I can, I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I can get myself out of this. (laughs) What? Ninja. But no, you know, fucking, uh, he wanted to prove to everybody how smart he was because he's better than everybody else. And in reality, yeah. he's just he's a he's just another fucking moron. Yeah. And I didn't put this in my notes, but his dad gave an interview right before he received the death penalty. Did they have subtitles? No, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that stated that um please don't give my son the death penalty. What he did is my fault. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, you, you know what? You know what? There. I agree. Let's kill him too. Both of them. Line him up. Yeah, it's your fault for letting him feel like he was entitled. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. We'll just take them both yeah. out. Yeah. Well, that's all I have on this one. Kill two birds with one gas chamber. They use injection out there, but okay. Hey, I'm all for using the electric chair still, or the gallows. You want to know why? You can reuse rope. No doctor needed. No doctor needed. Just, yeah. a, just a little bit of measurement. That's where geometry classes come in. That's right. Geometry <laughs> would help out a lot. If you want to be an executioner or a hangman, geometry is for you. Yeah, they take some measurements. And, hey, you know what? They can do the death bungee jump at the same time, father and son. Like a last-minute bonding experience. You're disgusting. But no. That's... And Asians aren't very big, so they wouldn't have to have too much rope either. See, I'm trying to help the environment. That's recycling. You scare me. <laughs> I'm just trying to No, help. you scare me. <laughs> you scare me. But no. So that, I mean, because like I said, it was kind of a weird case, huh? Uh, very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. Like, oh my goodness. I know who I was thinking of. Um, the toy box killer. 
the secret dungeon and his sex slave shit and all that. Right, the trailer that he put yeah. on his property. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. who I was thinking of when it came to the dungeon and well, shit. I'm going to give Lake and Ing this is that at least they built an actual building. And didn't and put use up, a semi-trailer? Yeah, and they used fake walls. I know. Everything was hidden. So with that right there, because I always try to say something good about our killers most of the time, except for you, Hermoka, because you're a twat. Um, that's right. I called you a twat again, sugar tits. Um. <laughs> And you, Rosemary West, right along with her. Oh, yeah, no, Ro- Rosemary West is another one. God dang. Yeah. Both of you fucking twats. Um, but at least these guys here, you know, very ingenious. I'm going to give you guys that. You yeah, guys they kind of thought that secret rooms and everything. It was very well thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get kudos on that one for thinking that out. However, Ing, get, you getting up on the damn witness stand going, oh, I'm going to show you guys, and then yeah. talking. You, you know what the greatest thing you can ever say in your own trial? Nothing. Yep, absolutely fucking say nothing. nothing. You know who does speak for you? The fucking attorney. That's right. You just keep your mouth because shut. Because as soon as you open your mouth up on that stand, they can bring in a shit ton of shit against you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can bring up past shit and everything. Even the tone that you use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's what freaking got Rosemary West, remember? Uh-huh. They tone said it was and... her entire attitude. Yeah. Yeah, that that jury's going to be looking at you going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. They're not I, stupid. They're like, I hear you chirping, Big Bird, to quote <laughs> Tam Tam over here. But, <laughs> but your body language and how you're presenting everything in your in your voice tells me a different story. It tells right. me that you are guilty as sin. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's, totally. So, yeah, it's just. No, I was, like I said, and there's sometimes when we present these cases, or I'm researching them, and I just go through and I go, Dude, dude, you know, because even Ted Bundy was smart enough not to get up on the fucking stand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I nah, mean, there I'm are a lot of them out there. That be like, nope, not me. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, I've seen CSI. <laughs> no I'm shit, yo, before CSI came out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's just it just shocks and amazes me how conceited and even though some of them are very because I believe he had high intelligence. As far as shit go, book smarts no, go? No, I'm going to say book smarts, yeah. I believe book smarts, he was intelligent as fuck. But having that... Common sense, not so much. And that's because of the entitlement thing. So yeah. he feels so entitled, so he's sitting there going, oh, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to talk my way out of this. No, you're not. You're going to get the fucking even a worse penalty, dude. You yeah. don't get up there, shut the fuck up, sit down, don't say the damn word, and hope for the best, because right now you're fucked. Yeah, pretty you're much. Al- basically, you, you're already... And shit up to your waist. <laughs> Eyeballs, dude. Eyeballs. No, just up to your waist. But if you take two more steps to go up on that stand, now you're over your head and you got a mouthful of poo-poo. And <laughs> you don't want that. Of caca. Yeah, and you don't want that. Yeah. That's not a good sandwich to eat. <laughs> no matter what know. bread you use. <laughs> not even the good bread? Not even the good bread. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but no. I was just, yeah. This case, I was just like, I couldn't. It was already kept going. I was like, nah, oh my gosh. Because I think the whole thing that intrigued me was the lake committing suicide with the cyanide. Yeah, he was Before, on it. Yeah. Why does it, oh, because the back door's open. I was like, why does the door keep feel like, because it's not quite shut. So yeah, keeps, I just yeah. thought somebody was at my front door for a minute. So did I. Like, it always feels like somebody's watching No, I was thinking me. I was going to get robbed and beat up. And no, that's by me. Violent. No, no, that's You're gonna not violate me. me? No. Thanks, Scott. No, you no. said it on air. I have I'm gonna witnesses. call Clay over, and uh, since Cheryl rubbed my butt, I'm gonna have Clay rub yours. You know what? I wouldn't mind that compared to her. 
You have fucking issues. Jesus Christ. All right, let's wrap this one up, shall we? Yeah. All right, this has been Brutal Nation. Remember that you can check us out at www.brutalnationllc. I'm sorry. Twisted Blue. Let's try this again. I am tired, and I need an energy drink. Yeah. Remember that you can send us an email. There you go. At nation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And if you're going to shop on Amazon, click on the link that we provide because it helps us out. It helps out the show. It doesn't cost you a damn thing more. And if you like blogs, check us out on Medium and... Hub uh, pages and vocal media. At and they're all just, at Brutal Nation. Yep, just look at, at Brutal Nation. You can see us, uh, see what we uh, blogged about with more information. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.